This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Murder and Such, a podcast about murder, the macabre, true crime, serial killers, and dark subject matter. Each week, your hosts Hunter and Brittany will bring you cases that they have thoroughly researched, which is backed by news articles, court documents, witness testimony, and public records. While we have respect for the victims in each case, we may crack jokes at perpetrators, assailants, and others that may be involved in the crime. We are not professionals by any stretch of the imagination, and our opinions are strictly our own, but our information is 100% correct and true. If this doesn't suit your taste, we do appreciate you giving us a shot, but you may want to find another podcast. If this does interest you, please enjoy this episode of Murder and Such. And we're back. Yeah. We're back with part two of Cults. Fun stuff. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I hope, you know, we can we can do this on a daily, or not daily, but a weekly basis kind yeah. of thing again, like we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, car is fixed. Yeah, I mean, I mean our schedule should be, should be better now yeah, than it was ab- before. Absolutely. But yeah, we're on part two of Cults. Mm-hmm. And this one, um, I mean, we hinted at last week's episode where we said we're going to be covering Jonestown, which we are. Yeah. And then we're going to cover uh, Children of God as well. Yep. And that's it's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Both of them, in all actuality, are brutal in and of themselves. But, yeah, for, for various reasons, too. Let's just jump into this. Here's part two. All, all right. right. So we have Children of God, and David Berg was leader, and he was born on February 18th, 1919. Okay. He was the youngest of three children. His parents were Homer and Virginia Berg. Both of his parents were pastors in many different churches before beginning traveling with the evangelical mission. So, super God. <laughs> Evangelicals, again. Yep. Um, in 1924, they settled in Miami Beach, where they would stay for 14 years. As with any family, pastors, parents, they would solely survive on the money they received from their congregation. And they had some rough times making ends meet. And they had to become very frugal, which David would instill upon his followers later. Okay. Well, I mean, penny pension's a good thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to do that. I Yeah, no, definitely. But, I mean, that's he, he kind of takes it to a bit of extreme sometimes. Yeah. That's what it is when, you know, you're you're young and impressionable and blah, 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 blah. I mean, those, those kind of traits can carry over. Yeah. I digress. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not bad knowing how to save money, but, I mean, cult money. Cult money. <laughs> so in the late 30s, Virginia again went back to being a traveling evan- evangelist with David as her personal assistant for the next 10 years. Yay, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David would then go on to become a minister with the Christian and Missionary Alliance and was put in Valley Farms, Arizona. 
Later, David was then kicked out because of sexual misconduct hmm. with a church employee and differences in the ways that he would teach. Okay. Well, sexual misconduct is kind of a big part of this. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh. In 1967, David became the leader of Teen Challenge Chapter in Huntington Beach, California, but then he would separate from the Teen Challenge and start the Light Club in 1968. Yay! <laughs> uh, the members that called themselves Light Clubbers and were drawn in by rock music and free peanut butter sandwiches being given out at a coffee shop that David the, owned. The fucking peanut butter sandwiches. The peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, peanut butter is delicious, but... yeah. I don't think I would exchange I mean, peanut butter for cult life. If, if I, but it, it's just weird because they, they call themselves the light clubbers. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they were drawn in by rock music like and peanut butter sandwiches. Like, peanut butter usually, sandwiches. like, in the, in the late 1960s, it's, like, drawn in by LSD yeah. or, you know, smoking a little bit of weed yeah, but like, and rock music. But it's, like, nah, rock music and peanut butter sandwiches. Also, in that time, it was, like, a huge spiritual movement type thing that was going on, too. Yeah, but there's nothing spiritual about I mean, I never had, like, a come-to-Jesus moment eating a fucking peanut butter sandwich. You haven't lived yet, then. Obviously. <laughs> So some of the members began to evangelize others, and some which turned into their full-time occupation. Okay. David then stated that he had gotten a, here we go, quote, Vision, vision from God. God thing. There was going to be a massive earthquake in 1969, and it was going to cause some of the state to fall into the ocean. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Weird. Right. He then took his group from Huntington Beach, and they began to wander the southwest for eight months. During this, he had changed their name. To the Children of God. Uh, what started initially as 50 followers quickly turned into 200. That's crazy how fast they can grow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so bizarre. Ugh. In 1969, uh, Berg took on his second wife, which was Karen Zerby, who went by Maria. All these people in here have what they call biblical names, which yeah. are given to them when they join the group, yeah. the cult. Yeah. Um, they don't ever go by their true names, and we'll find out later. Why? Yep. He based his decision of polygamy on the Old Testament, which permitted uh, multiple wives. Okay. Yay, polygamy. Again. Yep. <laughs> so did Joseph Smith. Yep. <laughs> he then went on to identify himself as an end-time prophet, who would play a major role in the second coming of Jesus Christ. As God, they all do. all familiar. Yep. Um, in early 1970, they returned to Southern California to set up a commune. By 1972, Berg had proclaimed himself as God's prophet and changed his name to Moses. Moses. In the three short years that David had started the Children of God, fellowship itself had gone from 200 followers to over 130 communes around the world. It's it's insane how much how like vast and expansive that thing is. It's like there's no internet or anything. Then yeah. like it's just like word of yeah. mouth. It's just Starts spreading. In the, the mid to late 60s. Now by the 70s, I mean. Snail mail was actually a big thing back then too. Well, yeah, but still, but I mean, around the world. Yeah, they they still do that to this day though. They you know they'll do missionary trips. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you've got the best fucking peanut butter sandwiches around, you know you're you're onto something good. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, sign me up. So David went to live in seclusion and would communicate both with his followers and the public via letters called the Mo letters. Yeah. <laughs> because Moses and all. The Mo letters. Yeah, since he sometimes referred to himself as Moses, obviously. In these letters, David would tell his followers directions, give new prophecies, and give sexual directions as well. That's a funny letter. Yeah. 
Like, he would draw little pictures of everything. <laughs> like, I mean, he would kind of go into this. I just think to the, I don't know, like, I just think in, like, in prison, outgoing male, fucking, like, softcore porn and that <laughs> you shit. sketch it out. And, yeah. I just I just think back to... Uh, like a little flip book. I just think back to uh, George Bluth Sr. And, yes. And, and he's, like, he's, he's on the phone with... Uh, he tries to he tries contacting Lucille, mm-hmm. but then he's talking. Somebody picks up the phone. And he's like, "Quick, talk me off." And he's like, "Pop, pop." Ten cents will always get you nuts. Oh goodness. Still fucking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he would also encourage sexual intercourse within the children of God family. Yeah. This would include vast sexual promiscuity, homosexual acts between women, and would even encourage sexual acts with children. But when it came to, like, the homosexuality, it was only with the women. Yeah. Could it be... Could no. It, it was it, not a male no thing at male all. male and male. Nope. No just the women. Touching. Yeah. No. No, but no still, butt the, touching. Fa- the fact that he, he encourages sexual activity with something called the family. Yeah. Like, I understand, but, I mean, even if my... Like, my dad remarried. Good mm-hmm. for him. But even if, say, my stepmom had a daughter, I would still be like, no. That's still family. Like, it's, it's family. Yeah, like, it's not blood, but our, still family. Our parents can do that, but not us. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, pedophilia and incest was rampant in the children of God. Obviously. Sometimes members would get direct messages from David to have sexual relations with particular Children. Little Jimmy in the corner. I like the way he eats yeah. that peanut butter sandwich. Exactly. Mm. He just licks it off his lips so nicely. Mm, get more peanut butter. Yeah. I got a plan. Mm, God. <laughs> Sorry. So their view of this was if it felt good, it was okay. And this is what they would tell the children. And they believed that it was also <laughs> raising the children in a natural way. That's like, not I don't think, you know, fucking Uncle Craig over there is, is a natural thing to do yeah. personally. No. Like. That, that'll land your ass in prison these it, days. Yeah. But, hey, it can't infringe on a religion. Yeah. Yeah. So, the pedophilia didn't just happen among the members, but it was also encouraged with David's own children. God damn. Yeah. This is the fun stuff as well. Yeah. In 1974 through 1987 is when David came up with the idea of flirty fishing or FFing. FFing. Yep. It teaches that sexual seduction or religious prostitution is God's way of revolutionary evangelism. Fuck that. Berg's term was, quote, hookers for Jesus. <laughs> David made the females go out and seduce as many men as possible. Some sources stated that hundreds of thousands of men were, quote, fished in efforts to convert them to the cult before the practice was discontinued for the fear of AIDS, which had become more widespread in the 1980s. That's... What the fuck? Yeah, definitely. Oh my, I just... You, I mean, mm. we, we've discussed before that, you know, prostitution is the, it's, it's the oldest profession. It's the, it's yeah, one it of is. the first professions ever. And I believe it should be legal. Absolutely. hundred percent should be legal, should be, you know, regulated, have people, uh, being tested, being yeah. safe, uh-huh. this, that, it's consensual, you know, it's for money. Yeah. Las Vegas or Nevada, like they, they, they do it the right way. Yes, yeah, but. They do. To do that to convert somebody to a to, to a Jesus. religious belief, that's not in the Bible. No. No. Like I understand there Sex were prostitutes Jesus, and like. stuff, but that's that's definitely a way. I mean, men are dumb at times. Yes. Men really are, and when they say that men like they they think with their dick, there is a it holds water. Yeah. But 
you know, just because you have sex with this woman, it it doesn't mean that you need to join the cult. No. But if they think like, yeah, there there will be more, and they encourage sex mm-hmm. amongst them. Dear God. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah, sex. I mean, like I said, sex is a huge thing with within yeah. this cult. And those women knew exactly what they're doing, but it's it's at the behest of you know Berg. Yeah. And with the pedophilia and stuff like that, like we said, that they would be given biblical names and things like that. Yeah. But with all the pedophilia, you'd be given a biblical name and, like, he would choose you to do things with children. So you were in on it. Yeah. Like, so you wouldn't report it. Yep. So it's like, oh, well, yeah, there was this going on, but were you involved in it too? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, no, that's that, yeah. that's the best way to keep the silence amongst them. Yeah, is, they couldn't do anything because nobody knew each other's real name. Yeah, you get to be in the special club. I give you a special name. Mm-hmm. Now go fuck that guy in convert. Yeah. What a sick fuck. He really is. Ugh. So Karen Zerby and David Berg had gotten into some legal trouble and they had fled to the Canary Islands, where Karen got pregnant by a hotel worker and gave birth to a son, David Moses Zerby. On January 25th of 1975, David or Davido Davito. Yeah, uh, would also succumb to many years of sexual abuse throughout his years in the cult. Not surprised. No. But like nobody, we said, nobody knew that children. back then except for the people within the church. Mm-hmm. So, in February of 78, the Children of God was abolished due to misconduct, mismanagement of finances, and the chain's abuse of authority. David would dismiss over 300 members of the chain. David then went on to reorganize the movement, now with only one-eighth of the members left, and they would call them the family. Yeah. This this is the new family. Yeah, exactly. Same (laughs) thing, but different name. Yep. You know, no big deal. Yeah. So, by the end of 83, the family reported having 10,000 full-time members between 1,642 homes around the world. The communes. Yeah. Yeah. In 1994, David Berg died, leaving Karen as the new leader of the movement. In February of 1995, the group put out the Love Charter, which was a new set of rules and expectations of the members, and the new rules were much more relaxed than what had been. In 1995, during a visit to a family home near Budapest, David's son, David Jr., or Davido, Davido. Yeah. Met his future wife, God, Alexia? I think so. All right. Men, uh, good God, her name. Monomel? Monomel? Sure. Yeah. And together, they separated from the family in 2001. In September of 2004, they separated, and David Jr. moved to Tucson, Arizona, because he had heard his mother had visited there. David Jr. had a deep-seated hatred for his mother because of all the abuse that he had been subjected to, and they hadn't spoken in years, and he was determined to find her. Yeah. I can understand why yeah. he would have such a... I mean, because this was just normal. Like, hey, we think this is wrong. No, 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 no. It's fine. Yep. And we're going to, you know, continue to let all these strangers touch you and fuck you, years, and it's totally okay. Years and years and years of abuse, and... Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what kind of an impact that has on somebody. I mean, like I've said before, young, impressionable minds, like, they can be manipulated, and you, they are tender, yeah. tender objects. Mm-hmm. That you fucks s- you up for life. I I remember shit that my mom said back in the day that, like, to this day, I still remember, and I'm like, you know, I was kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, real quick. So, when I was younger, like, I grew up, I'm, I'm a big video gamer. I love mm-hmm. playing video games. Um, We had a regular Nintendo. I remember one year, my mom had rented a Super Nintendo from the place called Mr. Movies back in Charles City. Nice. Yeah. And we, I think, rented, like, maybe Super Mario World, Mario Kart. My sister and I had a lot of fun, and then it, we had to take it back. So I had it all packed up, 
and in the case because mm-hmm. it, it came in this big like plastic clamshell type thing and I had it packed up ready to go. My mom was like mad for some reason. I remember her like yelling down the stairs to the living room. She's like, you better have that Nintendo packed up. And I was like, I do. She's like, you better. And I was like, yeah, I have it done. And she's like, fuck you, little boy. Like, for no reason. What the hell? You know what I was doing? I was sitting there, like, fucking with my pogs that I had that my Aunt Sandra brought from California because those were the newest and coolest fucking things. I totally remember pogs. Yeah, like, right next to fucking Crystal Pepsi. Yeah. By the way, the fucking, the comeback of that, it's just as disgusting as I had to buy one just to try it to remember how gross it was. Yeah, still and I, I risked my blood sugar for that, and it was Ugh, still disgusting. It's so gross. But yeah, still, young, impressionable minds. I still remember stuff from when I was a little kid. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I'm not saying that my mom's saying, fuck you, little boy, like... Scarred you for life or anything. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't, but it's just like one of those things that just sticks with you. Yeah. It's not sexual abuse. It's, it's fuck you, little boy, not, I'm gonna fuck you, little yeah. boy. Yeah. So... I can totally understand Berg's deep-seated, like, hatred mm-hmm. for his mother. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's, it's daddy's girl and mama's boy. Like, me and my son are super close. Yeah. And I, that that bond is just something indescribable unless you, you have a child. Yeah. But I, mm, no, you're supposed to protect your child, not, yeah. not do this Subject to them. Subject them to something like that. Yeah. What a disgusting piece of shit. So, in January 2005... He found his old nanny, Angela Smith, who had also taken part in the sexual and physical abuse of him. He had set up a meeting with her to try and get information about his mother's whereabouts. He would go on during this meeting to stab Angela to death in his apartment. I don't blame him. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's justified. No, but it's still murder, but you know. Considering the circumstances, nah, if she, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably fucking stab somebody who abused me as a child. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Um, so David Jr., he then drove to Blythe, California, where he would end up taking his own life by shooting himself in the head, which is awful. Before leaving, he filmed a tape and mailed it to his friend who received it a few days after his death. On the tape, David stated the reason he was doing all of this was because he considered himself as a vigilante and was out to avenge children like he and his sisters who were subjected to beatings and rapes. David also said, this is something he had to do to take revenge. It's a need It's a need for justice because I can't go on like this. Yeah. And sadly, the Family International, as they call themselves now, is still in operation under Karen's leadership. I mean, honestly, if he... And I'm not advocating that you kill somebody. No. I'm really not. That's not a good thing. It's not... It's it's something... Murder Something murder. you shouldn't do. Yeah, murder, murder is bad. Murdering people is bad. But... He should have stopped at Karen. Like, he should have yeah. gone all the way to Karen. And if he decided to take his own life, which is tragic. Yeah. He should have made sure that at least she was taken out first. Because Definitely. that it shouldn't be a thing still today at all. They they say that they've, like, gotten rid of, like, the pedophilia and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, who really knows? Yeah. I mean, and also, like, there were two famous people that were part of this that grew up in it, and uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Rose McGowan were both part of this. They grew up in this cult. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. And they escaped, yeah. So that's another fun fact about this. And I'm sure that they have very interesting tales about it. I haven't looked into it to see if they have, like, anything in particular, but I'm I'm sure that they have stories. I'm I'm glad that they've, like, gone on on and prospered. Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, they could have ended up just like Davito. Yeah. Very easily. I hope that nothing happened to them like that. I, I would, 
it, w- it would be not fun, but it'd be so intriguing just to pick their brain. Oh, absolutely. Like, that would be, what can you tell yeah. me about this? I mean, there's Definitely. numerous, numerous documentaries about these. Yeah. And I mean, like that was just like the super cliff notes version of it yeah. by all means. I mean, there's, Last podcast did an amazing episode on Children of God, yep. um, which I would recommend you going and listening to. And I mean, like there's tons of documentaries and stuff like that about that cult. It, yeah. It's fascinating and yeah. disgusting. No, it's 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 always good to hear other people's takes. Like yeah. we've said, this is this is our take. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, actually, we're not the I mean, well, last podcast is good, too. But um, go ahead and check out. There's another podcast that I listened to their take on it. And that's uh, just another murder podcast. Mm-hmm. And they had one, I, I think it was called, uh, it was like Mo Letters, Mo Problems. Yeah, something and like that. And they're covering, they're covering, you know, Children of God. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've been talking to us on Twitter and they're super cool ladies. Like, I really like listening to them. But yeah, uh, any information you can get, if you're sponges of this stuff like we are. Yeah. Check out any, any sources and outlets you can get. Yeah, Colts have always fascinated me like 110%. So that's why we figured we would jam pack like, you know, a few of the, the really fucked up ones. Right. So you could get like a taste of them and by all means go explore more of it. Cause it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, that's, that's children of God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like we said, we're going to cover, uh, the people's temple, which is also known as the Jonestown, Jonestown. massacre. Oh, so, the leader of the church was Jim Jones, and he was born on May 13th of 1931 in Crete, Indiana, to James Jones and Lynetta Putnam. When Jim was born, his mother believed that she had been she had given birth to the Messiah. Because that's not going to give you a complex or anything? No, not at all. Since things were tough during the Great Depression, his family moved to Lynn, Indiana, into a shack without any plumbing. Mm. When Jones was a child, he found it hard to make friends, so he spent the greatest portion of his time reading. He loved to read about Joseph Stalin, Karl Marx, Mao Zedong, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, and Adolf Hitler. You know, good influential the people. Good, hey, I've read a lot about Adolf Hitler and Karl, like Marxism and Stalin. I'm not saying it's not interesting. Right, but it's like he already has a god complex, yeah. And now he's reading about people who kind of also had the same sentiments. Uh, yeah. I mean, Gandhi. I like Gandhi. Yeah, Gandhi's fine. It's just these other fun humans. Yeah, like Hitler, which. There are still people today that believe Hitler was a great person. Yeah, exactly. Because the Holocaust never happened. It never did. Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. Not at all. So, while reading and learning about these people, he would also make note of their strengths and weaknesses, which is pretty crazy for a younger kid. Yeah. I mean, here's what they were good at. Here's what they were bad at. Let's see where I can improve. Right. Mm -hmm. Jones is also hugely into religion and death. The kids around him found him very strange because instead of wanting to play typical kid games, you know, like catch, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, tag. Yeah. It's another big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones is more interested in putting on either mock funerals or holding actual funerals for the animals that had died around the farm. You know, no- normal. Yeah. <laughs> while growing up, Jones's father was an alcoholic and he had ties to the KKK and while Jones sympathied with the African-Americans. Jones refused to speak to his father for many years after he told them that he could not bring his black friend to the house to play. I have a story about the KKK. Yeah? Yeah. I was dating a kid okay. when I was 16, and we were his, his aunt, because he lived with his dad and his aunt, they they had made dinner. Well, his aunt did, and we were sitting down to eat dinner that night. And I don't remember the exact circumstances that came up about this, 
But his dad essentially came out and said that, you know, that he was okay with the KKK, you know, like he sympathized them, like he could really get behind them and the things KKK like that. Is no, he okay said he KKK? didn't. Yeah, he didn't do it. But he was like talking about, you know, like how the KKK was fine and stuff like that. And I was like, no, anybody that's involved with that is just ignorant. Yeah. And he was like, I'm involved with that. And I'm like, you're ignorant. Yeah. And that made the dinner really fucking awkward after that. <laughs> it was just like, you know, just, just putting that out there. You're, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, the, fun story. The KKK is not okay. No, it is, it is not. Uh, anyways, so Jones is very smart and graduated from high school early with honors. In 1949, Jones met and married Marceline Baldwin. The couple had moved to Bloomington, Indiana, where Jones attended Indiana University for some time before they moved to Indianapolis in 1951, where Jones would get his degree in secondary education. In the same year was when Jones started to attend gatherings of the Communist Party USA in Indianapolis. Fun. Yeah. So Jones became angry with the way people who openly supported communism in the U.S. were being treated by the public. This anger provoked an aha moment when mm -hmm. Jones thought to himself, how can I demonstrate my Marxism? <laughs> yeah. Normal thoughts. The thought was, infiltrate the church. Yeah. Yeah. A Methodist superintendent helped Jones get his start in the church, and in 1952, he became a student pastor in Somerset Southside Methodist Church. Jones ended up leaving the church, stating that the reason was that the church wouldn't let him bring his black members into the congregation. A valid reason. I mean, it's you know, it's the time. It's before the dawn of the civil rights movement. It, it is a sign of the time, but it's still shitty. I mean, it, looking back at it today, mm -hmm. like back in the 1950s where, I mean, we're not going to get political. That's when a lot of the statues that we have around the country were made. I mean, a lot of them were like just made of steel mm -hmm. instead of being like, you know, like they do have some very big elaborate statues. But a lot of the ones of like, say, Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Those were erected basically as like fear tactics. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a sign of the times. Mm -hmm. It's a very tragic sign of the times though. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that in this day and age we've had a black president. Yes. I mean, I would like to see a woman president. Definitely. Don't really stand with Trump all that much, but then again, a lot of people who are conservative don't stand with him either. Yeah. But anyways, again, sorry, politics. And I ramble a lot. That's fine. Anyways, so around the same time Jones left the church, he witnessed a, quote, faith healing. Be healed. Roll the cordis <laughs> to the head. Rolling in the hill, or rolling in the aisle, speaking in tongues. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, there's a really good video from Rick and Morty. Yes. Calling uh, Joel Austin, mm -hmm. calling his, like, his prayer line, and, like, he's speaking in tongues when this woman is speaking in tongues to him, but he's doing it in Rick's voice. Oh. It's so good. <laughs> <sighs> so he, he witnessed this faith healing at a Seventh-day Baptist church service, and then he said how big of a crowd it drew and how much money that came along with it. Jones then thought he could be able to do that too, and with money gained from it, he would be able to reach his goals. To start on his goal, Jones organized a multi-day religious convention in Indianapolis at the Cato Tabernacle from June 11th through the June 15th, 1956. He brought on Reverend William Branham, a well-known guy in the community. After this event, Jones would start his own church, which went through a few name changes before being called the People's Temple, initially being an interracial mission. 
1960, Mayor of Indianapolis Charles Boswell made Jones the director of the Human Rights Commission and told Jones to keep a low profile, which he didn't. No. He didn't want to. He absolutely didn't. Yeah. He voiced his opinions on TV and radio programs, and when Boswell and other commissioners asked him once again to keep it down and received massive cheers from both the NAACP and the Urban League. Well, I mean, he was standing up for them in such a crucial time, which is awesome. fantastic. Yeah. There's very few people that would speak out at that time. He should have just, you know, been a better person. (laughs) Right. Eventually. Yeah. Jones would go on to do many great humanitarian things for the black community. Jones would end up receiving great backlash for his views, and things would escalate into a swastika being painted on the temple, a stick of dynamite being left in a coal pile, and a dead cat was thrown at Jones's house. Man, if anybody ever did that to my cat, right? They, they, I'd be throwing their dead body against exactly. their fucking parents' house, yep, or their kid's house. I mm-hmm. don't fucking care. You don't touch a cat like that. No, got three. Four or five stray cats out behind my house. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't include it, but Jones totally killed a cat, by the way. Motherfucker. Yeah, when he was a kid, so he could hold one of his mock funerals. Or actual funerals. I guess that wouldn't really be a mock funeral. See, and he went. He just went from a mass murdering, well, not mass murdering, but mass, I mean, sacrificing piece of shit to one of the worst motherfuckers that ever lived. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Yeah. Dickweed. Sorry. But some people had their thoughts that Jones was doing some of these things, though. Jones and his wife began adopting children who were at least partially non-Caucasian and would have one biological child. Jones would call his family the Rainbow Family. Mm -hmm. In 1961, Jones gave a speech about a nuclear apocalypse. Then in 1962, he read an article in Esquire saying that Belo Horizonte was a safe place in the event of a nuclear apocalypse. So he moved his family there with the intention of starting and building a people's temple there. Once there, he realized that there weren't enough resources to do so, and they moved to Rio, and then they received a call from the pastor in Indiana that the church was about to collapse without them, and so they returned in 1963. In December of that year, Jones told the congregation that there was going to be a nuclear war and would engulf the world on July 5th of 1967. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Resulting from this war would be a socialist Eden on Earth, and they must move their temple to Northern California if they were going to be safe. Seems legit. Yep. That's what you do. You just believe the guy who's preaching the shit. <clears throat> yep. The people of the temple then proceeded to move out to Redwood, California, close to the city of Ukiah. Yep. 
In the early 70s, Jones began saying traditional Christianity was a flyaway religion and rejecting the Bible, saying that it was oppressive to women and non-whites, and he also denounced the sky god, saying <laughs> that he wasn't a god at all. I mean, there's sky god, water god, sky earth, god. Guard, earth god, fire god. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's so funny. We have Aang. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the last god. Yes. Airbender. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> he then started stating that he was the reincarnation of Gandhi, Father Divine, Jesus, Gautama, Buddha, and Vladimir Lenin. That is quite the concoction. Yeah. But it's very interesting milkshake of people. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the the, uh, the the fruit cake of... Yeah. But yeah, it's like you just take everything that you have on the baker's table and you just did, throw like, it into a cake. He did in a man's ear that he would totally fuck him in the ass if that's what he wanted. <laughs> so, oh, just saying. Ugh. Anyway. So in 1976, in an interview, Jones claimed he was both agnostic and an atheist. Then in 1977, his wife, Marceline, told the New York Times that Jones was promoting Marxism in the U.S. by mobilizing people through religion. You know, that's exactly what she needed to say. Yep. It's definitely going to, you know, gain popularity. Yep. Yep. So after five years of being in California, the church received massive growth and expanded into San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Fernando. Jones then moved the temple's headquarters in San Francisco. It led to a major role in George Moscone, winning the 1975 mayoral election. Jones would go on to meet and speak with not only government officials, but national and presidential as well. In the summer of 1977, Marshall Kilduff was going to release an expose about Jones and the temple. The article was going to discuss allegations from former temple members stating that they were emotionally, physically, and sexually abused. Again. Yep. Jones did not agree with this article, so he, his family, and the members of the temple abruptly left and moved their compound to Guyana right before the article was released. The new compound settlement was then named Jonestown after himself. Of course. Fucking narcissist. Yep. The construction of Jonestown was started many years before the article was released, and Jones said it was to create both a socialist paradise and a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Jones established the community as a communist one, saying, quote, I believe we're the purest communists there are. Yeah, you know. Eh. De- definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. With this being a communist community, Jones did not permit any of the members to ever leave the compound. Jonestown was where he stated his belief in translation, where he and his followers would all die together and move to another planet and live blissfully. Again, seems legit. Yep. By the fall of 1977, Tim Stowen, along with other defectors with family members in Jonestown, started a group called Concerned Relatives. Tim went to D.C. in January of 1978 to the State Department and spoke with congressmen about Jones and the Temple. Congressman of California Leo Ryan, with curiosity, wrote a letter on behalf of Tim Stowen to the Prime Minister of Guyana, Forbes Burnham. Most political allies of Jones severed ties once he left, but some defended him still. Harvey Milk wrote a letter in February of 1978 to then-President Jimmy Carter that Jones was a man of highest character and the defectors were just trying to damage Jones's reputation. Mm-hmm. Character assassination. Yeah, definitely. April of 1978, defectors of Jonestown brought up accusations of human rights violations by Jones. They drafted up with a pack in which they gave to the press, temple members, and members of Congress. 
In November of 1978, Leo Ryan went to Jonestown to investigate the accusations of human rights violations. Leo went down with family members of Temple members, an NBC news camera crew, and other reporters from various outlets. On November 15th of 1978, they arrived in the capital city of Guyana, and two days later, they went to Jonestown. Oh, fun. The night they arrived, Jones had arranged a reception for them. On November 18th of 1978, the visit came to an end abruptly when one of the members of Jonestown tried to attack Leo with a knife, but was unsuccessful. I mean, you're just, like, chilling there, doing stuff, and all of a sudden, knife attack! Ah, stab! What the fuck? Stab me, rip, stab, stab. Yep. Leo and the people that he came with ended up taking 15 members of Jonestown and told them that they wanted to leave. At first, Jones was fine with this, but when they went to board the plane, Jones' armed guards showed up and opened fire, killing Leo and four others. A man that was one of, those, one of the 15 had gotten out of Jonestown, then opened fire on the plane on the people that had already boarded. Later that day, 909 members died. 304 of them were children due to cyanide poison. Yeah. This is where the whole drink the Kool-Aid thing comes from. Yeah, but it was great flavoring. <laughs> Not Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Great flavoring. Great flavoring. Because you got you to pinch them pennies in Jonestown. Exactly. There's not a whole lot of money. No. Don't have anything. Mm-mm. You can't be spending all that fancy money on fancy Kool-Aid brand Kool-Aid. <laughs> Who does oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You have 909 people to kill. Come on now. <laughs> But unfortunately, this was the single greatest loss of American life due to a deliberate act until the attacks of September 11th. Yep. The FBI found a 45-minute audio recording of the suicide in progress. Oh, if you guys have never listened to the Jonestown tape. Um, yeah, it's you know, bad. Uh, hug a puppy while doing it or pet a cat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, my kitty right here. Take a shower afterwards. Yeah. It's... It's hard. It's, it's a not hard like listen. Like David Parker Ray hard. No, but it's, it's not. But like, you're, you're listening to children die yeah. and family members die. Like, I mean, it's just. It's a rough listen. It is. So Joseph's reasoning for the suicide was that the Russians would no longer take the group due to the airstrip murders and the intelligent groups would come to the compound and shoot the babies, torture the children, the people, and the seniors. As seen on a videotape, it shows Jones mixing the cyanide sedative mixture with a grape flavor aid in a large batch for the temple members. During the audio tape, you can hear members of them. I mean, you can hear them mm-hmm. being scared, Jones comforting them. But at the end of the tape, Jones states, quote, We didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. November 18, 1978, Jones was found dead with a single gunshot wound to his head. Fucking coward. I'm sorry. I mean, if you're going to tell people to, I mean, practice what you preach, like, I understand. But there's actually, if you want to get the whole gist of the Jonestown, you know, mass suicide murders, I mean, honestly, I I thoroughly believe that these are murders. Oh, yeah, they are. They 100% are. They were under the direction of... Jones. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. There's a lot of swearing in this episode. There is. Sorry. Care. Um I'm so Yeah, I mean, right they were under the guise of, you know, like, spiritual relief. Like, we're just going to go to this, this wonderful other plane, and we're going to live, you know, beautifully and in harmony and stuff like that. You know, like, that was just... Yeah, I mean, I could imagine... What it was. I they could have imagine. practice runs of this. I didn't Fucking, yeah, practice runs. Like, it was... What was it? They were in church one day, and they he had passed out 
Um, it was Kool-Aid or something like that. And everybody drank it. And then he told them, you know, that was poisoned. You're all going to die. And everybody got super silent and some people like freaked out. And then he was just like, no, just kidding. That was a practice run for, you know, what eventually could happen. Like, I mean, he he would practice this and he would come out on the the loudspeaker and just just tell them all these things. And I mean, listen to the tape and watch the documentaries on it. I I just don't, I don't understand cults. I don't understand how you can be like someone like in Heaven's Gate just being like, yeah, Jesus and aliens. Like, let's do this, you know, like hail bop comets. We're all just going to kill ourselves and it's going to be fine. Like, how can you just be like, yep, this sounds great. Yep. Sounds correct. Sounds like my place. I like it. I want to be there. Yep. Or how you can just like, I mean, people can be great orders. Like, I I, I get it. But just to blindly go behind somebody like that, like, I I don't, I can't comprehend it. It's, it's. The the thing about it though is I mean back then people I mean people like like we said in the last episode people are much more impress were were much more impressionable back then than they are now. Yeah, but there's still cults being made to this day. Well, like yeah, still around and stuff. There's I mean there's cults there's there's tons of different things. I mean there's just there's even like you know social cliques hmm. that are like I mean neo Nazis yeah. are one like neo Nazis fucking as they call them, alt-right, like, not trying to be political again, but, I mean, even if you look at the left, there's there's Antifa. Yeah. There's people that think that you need to go and punch people. Like, I'm all about, uh, if, if a Nazi gets punched, I'm going to feel a lot less remorse for them because they're sitting there being like, Nazis were good. Yeah, they're just KKK segregation, like you know, that. white nationalists, they're good. But, I mean, it's not a cult. If if the if the white nationalists or the Europa whatever those fuckers are mm-hmm. if they all decide to drink Kool Aid, yeah, it's gonna be mass casualties. But I'm not gonna feel too bad for them. Yeah. But the sheer sense of narcissism that a cult leader has to have, yeah, to be able to manipulate people like back in the 1960s and 50s, where segregation is still a very prominent thing. Mm-hmm. Civil rights are. I mean, we're still fighting civil rights today. Yeah. You just. I'm not saying people are weak-minded, but when people are looking for guidance, they turn to cults. You know, like if they find something that fits the narrative and what they want, what they want to see out of their life, it, it's scary because it, people it can is. be so impressionable it or is so, scary. so impressioned by words. It's just mm-hmm. words. Like we said, if Scientology tried coming up today and L. Ron Hubbard was pitching it to people, they'd be like, "Nah, it's all bullshit." Yeah, you're 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 fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, honestly, also, I mean, a good thing to do, like, you know, we did research on this. I stuttered a little bit through my notes. I apologize for that. Uh, But if you want to watch something that's kind of like an abridged version of Jonestown, there's a movie that came out in, like, 2014 or 15. It's called The Sacrament. You can actually watch that on Netflix. It's a... It's a spoof Vice documentary. Yeah. And it... I mean, it has this one... This guy that... He got a note from his sister. Didn't know where, you know, he, he finally got in contact with her, you know, after trying to track her down. And she was in South America. They go down there and they start doing the, oh, wow, this place is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole thing was when, when people visited and showed up, they were like impressed. Yeah. That all this is here. And they're like, the people are like, no, we don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them did it out of fear. Yeah. Then people start defecting. Mm-hmm. Then people start like, you know, somebody shows up, they give them a note like, hey, get me out of here. Yeah. Like, I want out. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. And in that movie, uh, there's three guys that go down there. They try to go back to the chopper and they fucking shoot or the one, the, the chopper, the flight guy. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Pilot maybe? Pi- yeah. Chopper pilot flight guy thing. Okay. Yeah. You're right. All right. <laughs> the pilot gets shot. And I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially the same exact thing, including it's Jonestown without being called Jonestown. It, yeah, it really is. I mean, Eli Roth was actually a, a producer on it. Interesting. But it's kind of cool to watch. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch that, it's a, it's an okay movie. I mean, it's it's watchable. It's not, you know, like having to watch Human Centipede or something like that. But same premise, same everything. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, so those are cults. Yeah. You know what? I mean, since we mentioned it, we might as well just put some of the Jonestown audio in here. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's It's... I'm not going to say it's a treat, but... I mean, some if you're more, as fucked up as we are, it is yeah, kind of a treat. It's, it's a treat. Uh, we're, we're not going to play it in its entirety because no. it is long. Yeah. But we'll take some of the snippets and put them in that are, like, more of the juicy parts. I mean, yeah. even, like, some of the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to really give you an idea of that. Yeah, it, but, it, it's really horrific. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, we do want to thank all of you guys for your iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a couple new ones, and thank you for that. Yep. Uh, big shout out to James and Jimmy because I always talk about those guys. I'm yeah, just so just, fucking happy for them. You know, our our typical shout outs. You know, thank you guys, and thank you for all of our our new Facebook likes and Instagram followers. It's it's really cool to see you guys come along and to think that like I don't know. In essence, we have fans. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. And a sponsorship. Yeah. That's even weirder. Yeah. Um, we're going to put... This, sponsorship's going to be about every two weeks, though. Yeah. So we'll we'll save you that on, on the, this episode. Yeah, don't worry. We're not going to, like, Blue Apron you or Zip Recruiter <laughs> you or anything like that. We, we've definitely made an executive decision not to do anything like that. Yep. Uh, a couple people that I personally would like to thank that... I mean, they contacted me. They're like, hey, what's your podcast? Uh, we got... Benjamin Sutton. All right. And we've got Margie Coons. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. I like the name Margie. It's a uh, nice name. And then Stephanie Bradford is actually just started, just subscribed to our podcast. Cool. So, awesome. Thank you for that. Yes. Leave a review if you can. Five stars if you liked it. Uh, we'll accept any reviews. But yeah. we, we like the five-star ones. Yeah, five stars are great, obviously. Um, we are still evolving this podcast. We are still new at this thing. We're... Mm-hmm. I mean, again, not professionals by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. So no. think, th- thanks for thanks for coming in at the beginning, and we'll we'll try to continue to make it better and better for you guys. Absolutely, and if you guys want to follow us, uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. All at murder, media. yeah, all of our social media is murder and such. Yeah. I mean, the Twitter and the Instagram are all one word, and murder and such is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Murder space and space. Such space? Yep. Or end? Enter? Yeah, you know. Send? You guys know how to work, work, work the clicky thing. Yeah, it's use fine. that. Uh, yeah. If you have any stories for us that you'd like to co- you'd like us to cover, talk to us on our Facebook group. We always reply to messages. Yep. Um, if you would like to send us an email, you can email us at murderandsuch at gmail.com. Yep. And we're pretty responsive to that, working third shift and all that. If you would like to follow your hosts... Mm-hmm. You can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and the PlayStation Network at Huntor27. And you can follow me on Instagram at Brittany13Page. But we thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like us, review us, 
send us a little bit of love. Yep. We all definitely appreciate jokes. it. We love interacting with you guys. And uh, stay weird. Yeah. Enjoy the Jonestown. <laughs>
Please get us the medication. It's simple. It's simple. There's no convulsions with it. It's just simple. Just please get it. Before it's too late, the GDF will be here. I tell you, get moving. Get moving. Get moving. Don't be afraid to die. If, you're, if these people land out here, they'll, they'll torture some of our children here. They'll torture our people. They'll torture our seniors. We cannot have this. It's too late. The congressman's dead. The congressman's dead. Many of our traitors are dead. They're all laying out there dead. You got to move. Are you going to get the medication here? You got to move. They aren't crying from pain. It's just a little bitter tasting, but they're, they're not crying out of any pain. It's hard only at first. Living, you're looking at death. It only looks, living is much, much more difficult. Raising up every morning and not knowing what's going to be the night's bringing. It's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. I just want to uh, say something to everyone that I see that is standing around and uh, crying. This is nothing to cry about. This is something we should all rejoice about. We should be happy about this. They always tell us that we should cry when you're coming into this world. Well, when we're living and we're living it peaceful, I think we should be, we should be happy about this. I was just thinking about Jim Jones. Please, for God's sake, let's get on with it. We've lived, we've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. I want to go, I want to see you go, though. I, they can take me and do with me whatever they want to do. I want to see you go. I don't want to see you go through this hell no more. No more, no more, no more. The way the children are laying there now, I'd rather see them laid like that than to see them have to die like the Jews did, which was pitiful anyhow. What they're going to do to our children, they're going to massacre our children. And also the ones that they take captured, they're going to just let them grow up and be dummies like they want them to be. And not grow up to be associates like the one and only Jim Jones. I don't know who fired the shot, I don't know who killed the congressman. But as far as I'm concerned, I killed him. You understand what I'm saying? I killed him. with a degree of dignity. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. There's nothing to death. It's like Max said. It's just stepping over in another plane. Don't, don't be this way. Stop this hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialist to communists to die. It must be insane. Children, it's just something to put you to rest. Oh, God. Mother, 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 please. Mother, please, 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 don't, don't do this, don't do this. Free at last. Peace. Keep your emotions down, keep your emotions down. Children, it will not hurt if you'll be, if you'll be quiet, if you'll be quiet. I tell you, I don't care how many screams you hear, I don't care how many anguished cries, death, 
is a million times preferable to ten more days of this life. If you knew what was ahead of you, if you knew what was ahead of you, you'd be glad to be stepping over tonight. Adults, I call on you to stop this nonsense. I call on you to quit exciting your children when all they're doing is going to quiet rest. I call on you to stop this now, if you have any respect at all. Are we black, proud, and socialist, or what are we? Now stop this nonsense. Don't carry this on anymore. You're exciting your children. No more pain, Al. No more pain, I said, Al. No more pain. Jim Cobb is laying on the airfield dead at this moment. Uncle <laughs> Jim, all the two are taking a drink to take to go to sleep. That's what death is, sleep. We didn't commit suicide, we committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. 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 world.